Turn your Bible with me, if you would, please, to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1. We'll continue our study. Don't forget now, our annual dove hunt is coming up. And uh, you don't have to pay anything, but you better sign up. Because if you don't sign up, we'll not have enough dove for everybody. And of course, you don't have to worry about me getting your limit. Last year, I took Andrew's dog to retrieve my dove that I shot because I'm lazy. And I shot a box of shells. The dog was standing, sitting there just like he's trained to do. I shot a box of shells. I looked at the dog. dog couldn't talk, but I think he said, why did you bring me? <laughs> My shoulder was hurting. My dog was mad. I started opening another box of shells because I have not raised a feather. You folks who believe in protecting the animals, I do too. (laughs) I started to open another box of shells. The dog said, why? (laughs) I put the shells up, took the dog to the truck, and we came home. And I bought a number two from McDonald's on the way back. Have you got your Bible now to Mark chapter number one? Take your Bible now, you kids, if you ain't got a Bible, sit with somebody that has. It gives you a good excuse to sit by. Boys, if you'd bring your Bibles. And some of these girls, forget them. They might want to get close enough to read the Bible. Got you? The Bible says compel them. Is everybody here? Have you got your new shoes on? Getting ready to move. Verse 14. In your Bible, the book of Mark, chapter number one. As we read, now after that John was put in prison. And we talked about that last week where John was incarcerated. The deep, dark whole of the dungeon while Herod luxury lived in the same area above him in a palace living with his adulterous murderous wicked wife John nigh ten months now has been in a hole in the ground deep dark hot hole for preaching the gospel and doing God's will Wonder what John must have thought as he sat in that dungeon those many, many months. I wonder if he thought this didn't turn out like I thought. But if we're dead in Christ, it don't make any difference anyhow. Our job is to obey, not to question God. Now, after John was put in prison, I like this. Jesus came into Galilee preaching. (laughs) You like that? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Herod said, we'll snuff the message out. We'll silence the word. We'll put John in the hole. And Jesus came preaching. Now you're not going to mess with God's program. If you want to get in on it and enjoy it, that's your privilege. But if you want to sit on the sideline and gripe about how what everything is going, the purpose of God is going to keep right on prevailing. Is anybody glad for that? 
Glad we serve somebody that's in control. Verse 15, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus manifests himself just like John the Baptist said. John said, there's one coming after me that is mightier than I and I'm not even worthy to loose his latchets of his shoes. And he will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Notice now if you would please. Jesus has made his presentation. He's preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey Lord, you're going to do that all by yourself? No, I need folk who will follow me. We read verse 16. Now as he walked by the sea of the Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you. Stop right there. I will make you. I will make you. What if these men had been construction workers like some of you? Would Jesus have said, I will make you builders of men? What if these folks had been teaching down at the educational institutions? Would Jesus relate to what they were doing and what they were thinking? Would Jesus have said, I will make you Teachers of men. These men were fishers. And Jesus identified with what they could identify with. And Jesus said, now the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I need some help. I can't do this by myself. I need help. And he found two fellows that were fishers and he said, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Is anybody with me now? Hang on. I feel something coming on. And straightway they begin to make excuse. The ranger game is on tonight. Are you kidding? It's cowboy season. Don't you know that my kids are involved in Little League football and Mickey Mouse mumble peg and everything else? I can't follow you yet. And straightway, by the way, if you read the book of Mark, that is probably the key word in the book of Mark. And straightway, they forsook their nets. And followed him. I wonder how many of us. Is hung up. On our nets. I just wonder how many of us. Are serving. Our nets. I wonder how many of us. This morning has fallen deeply in love. With our nets. Now Lord we'll do anything. But we are not going to forsake. 
our nets. It's getting quiet. I want to see if there's a corpse here. Great, it's not a funeral. Somebody can say amen. You say, now preacher, you ought not say that. Look, I haven't said anything yet. I've read. Has anybody tonight, this morning, just kind of, mind you, hung up in their nets? And Lord, I'll serve you when I get all my crops laid by. And Lord, I'll serve you when I get enough money in my IRA. I'll serve you whenever I get old enough to where I can't walk. Then, Lord, I'll serve you. All because, have you seen my nets? <laughs> Boy, I wish I'd have thought of that whenever I was preparing this message because I don't want to stay there long. And when he had gone a little farther, thence he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the ship mending their nets. Notice Simon and Andrew were casting their nets. James and John were mending their nets. Any significance there? An evangelist and evangelism and soul winning are busy casting nets. A pastor is busy mending nets. <laughs> Have we got any nets need to be mended? <laughs> we got any fish that's wiggling out of the holes in the net? Now, we got any fish that's uh, fed up with the decisions made around here. Now, we got anybody that's uh, uh, kind of cantankerous and, and uh, I've got to run around and mend in little holes to keep you in the net. You said anybody can be a pastor, bring your nets. Get your thread ready. <laughs> Put a great big armor around your heart because fish don't mind stepping on your heart. Evangelism casting the nets. Pastoring mending the nets. Come tonight. I have a message that God has given me. On lies that people tell themselves. Have you ever heard this? I know my heart. I know my heart. I love God. Two times a month. Boy. Are we having fun? And he saw James and 
son of Zebedee and John, his brother, who were in the ship mending their nets. Straightway he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Would you please take a look now at chapter 2, and let me read for you verse number 13. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted to him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, set in, in the receipt of customs, and said unto him, Follow me. He arose and followed him. I'd like to talk to you this morning about Christianity in a nutshell. Let's just get it down to where we all can understand it. Let's just drag it out of the sky of uh, ecclesiology. And let's just pull it right down to where me and you live. I want to be honest with you today. I really have a problem. For 46 years now, I have wondered deep in my heart, can God use a guy like me? Now, I know you probably have not, but I I really have had these These questions, because insecurity continually haunts me. I am not a people person. I have to force myself to be a people person. My wife and I can drive all the way to Tennessee. Now, she will have a one-sided conversation For 14 hours. I can sit there. And not say a word. I have. Been haunted all my life. With insecurities. When I was in high school. I was five foot and a half inch tall. When I entered. The senior year. When I graduated, I was six foot. I mean, I outgrew my socks, man. (laughs) I was skinny. My hair was kinky. I could stand sideways, stick my tongue out, and I looked like a zipper. I did not excel in any of my courses except study hall. I made A's in study hall. Can God use an insecure individual who could not even spell valedictorian when he graduated? Can God use just an ordinary Insecure, not too good looking, 
Notice I didn't say ugly. (laughs) A fellow who has never done anything in his life above average. I was a fair athlete, but never good enough to make MVP. Can God use an ordinary individual like me? That has been a question haunting me all these many years. And I know there's no one here today like that. All of my accomplishments in my life has never been above average. Can God use an ordinary fellow like me? And I read this text. And I saw something in this text. And I saw that in this text, it just narrowed it down to one proposal. That's follow him. For one promise, I will make you. Wow. Wow. You don't need any education to get in step and leave the rest to him. Is that something or what, Brother Jim? Yes, sir. One proposal. Follow me. One promise. I will make you. Now don't miss this. And a process. A process. Christianity is a process. Salvation is an act. Sanctification is a process. If I will get in step and follow him. He will do the rest if I will continue in that process. Well, I get saved, but I just can't live it. Me neither. Well, I don't know if I can hang on. I ain't the one that's holding. He is. Wonderful, man. That ought to make a mess to shout. Amen. I mean, that ought to make chill bumps run up and down the track like it's on a racetrack. Is that not so? That ought to make you holy say ghost. (laughs) Simple. Dummy gene. All I want you to do is follow me. Now watch all of my boys when they walk. They walk the same way. 
Watch them. All three of them walk the same way. You watch them sit down and they talk. You watch. Some of me will come out and they're one of them. I just shudder at that. You know why? They just followed their daddy. And daddy was there to protect. Daddy was there to provide. Daddy was there to supervise. Daddy was there to guide. And in essence, they are what daddy made them. Isn't that simple? Look in the text, if you would, please. I want to show you something that just keeps popping out, if it would be all right. Look at verse number, uh, uh, verse number 17. Come ye after who? Quit following everybody else. Well, I don't wear any kind of shoes except wingtip shoes because those are fundamental shoes. I got white walls above my ears because that's fundamental. I know some folks that would give anything for white walls. Theirs look like racing slicks. Amen. Quit following people. Quit trying to please everybody in the world except him. Well, my preacher believes this and my preacher believes that and my preacher believes that. Oh, shut up. Follow him. And leave the rest up to him. He said, come after me. Notice again, if you would please, in verse 20, he called them. All of us have been called. He calls to salvation. Everyone is called to salvation. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Everybody here today is called unto salvation. After salvation, we're all called to sanctification. We are to be made like him. That is God's predestined plan for everybody here that has been saved, born again, is to be conformed to the image of a dear son. And God said, follow me and I will make you like me. Is there anybody here now? We're called also to service. God didn't save you to sit. God saved you to get up and get, man. God didn't hang on the cross for you to continue drinking your booze and watching your dirty shows on television and locked up on the internet. God didn't call you for that. God called you to be saved, to be sanctified, and then to serve him. Hope the next time one of you guys pop a top, I hope it gives you an ulcer. Amen. You say, preacher, it's legal. It's deadly. It not only kills you physically, it kills your testimony. 
What if you saw me down at Easy Mark buying a few buds? Would you come next week to hear me preach? Well, then it must be wrong. God calls us. You say, how do you get off on that? have no idea, but it's good, ain't it? The social killer in America. Socially accepted. It's also accepted in hell. Devil loves them social drinkers. They should pile up them social gamblers. Well, that's, you say, preach, that's a Sunday night message. Well, I'm afraid if it was, you'd have missed it. <laughs> Brother Pickett gave me that outline. He's the guy. He calls us to salvation. Can anybody say man? Are you glad that God has provided a way for you out of this mess and out of your life and out of your dirty despair? Are you glad that God has called you to come and be saved? Come unto me, he said, and I will give you rest. Called us to sanctification. God bless your heart. I'm glad I ain't where I was 46 years ago when I got saved. I'm glad at least I know the books of the Bible now. I can't find them, but uh, I know the books. Come on, can you say amen? I know a little bit from right from wrong. I can direct my kid just a dab now. I'm glad that God has been sanctifying me and setting certain parts of my life apart from the world and unto him for his honor and glory. I'm glad I'm called to be different than I used to be. And God help you if you go to a church where they're no different than the world. You need to get out of that dirty mess and find some place that preaches the Bible. Call to sanctification. Call to service. Dear God, I'd do something around here. If it wasn't nothing, just pester the preacher. Amen, Lanny. I'd do something. I would. You say, preacher, there ain't nothing to do. Come to me and we'll invent something. God's called you to serve, man, not just to sit. That's where you get some rejoicing. That's where you get some joy. That's where you get fulfillment in serving. And God has called us to serve. God has called us to the Savior. Now, I know some of you folks are wiggling a little bit when I start talking about the booze. That's all right. When I talk about lying, the guy next to you start wiggling. I start talking about overeating. We'll all wiggle a while. Huh? I start talking about inconsistency. We all can bow our heads in shame. I'm not here to criticize you. I'm here to warn you. I'm here to encourage you to get off of that side and get on God's side and follow him. Quit following the nets that you fall in love with. The nets will be empty one of these days. And when the nets are empty, you're just going to sit in despair. Thank God we serve a God that knows where all the fish are. 
He knows where to cast your nets. Now get rid of your dumb net and start following him. Well, that's one third of the introduction to the message today. Have we had a good time? Can I help you a little bit along the way? We'll finish the service next week. We'll finish the message next week. We're not going to keep you long. Let me give you Christianity in a nutshell in two words. Anybody here can remember two words. You ready? Go fish. Fishermen go fish. You will not keep this church alive and vibrant and right with God. Go fish. Fishermen that don't fish have to lie about fishing. Fishermen who don't fish brag on their boats. Look what a big boat we've got. Our boat is paid for. Don't bring any kids that's going to mess with our boat. What do you do with your boat? We shine it, keep it clean for the glory of God. Could I ask you a question? Do you ever go fishing in your boat? No. We just shine it. And once a week we come and sit. In our boat. Now we don't sing about boats. And we don't preach about boats. But actually. We're in love. With our boat. Don't we have. A beautiful. Boat. Our boat's air conditioned here. To the tune of about $10,000 a month. So that you can enjoy your boat. I guess we could call ourselves boatmen. Christians. Don't just sit in the boat.
Aren't you glad I'm closing? Great churches in the past who used to go fishing don't fish anymore. They just sing about fishing, preach about fishing, but they work on their boats all the time. Christianity in a nutshell, according to Wolfenbarger, is go fish. And he said, I will make you to become fishers of men. Aren't you glad that's just the introduction? Have you ever gone fishing for men? Jesus did not say, follow me and I'll buy you a big boat. He never promised to make us boatmen. Now don't get mad at me. Have you got one of these in your lap? Did he say, follow me and I'll make you caretakers of the aquarium. Well, preacher, I, 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 I'm doing it. Uh, no. If you follow him, he's going fishing. He came to this world that's full of fish like us. And he gave his life a ransom. He's fishing today. He's fishing. He's throwing the net. And whosoever will may come. Are you glad of that? He's throwing the net. I'd like to ask you, why don't you join us And quit pretending you're obeying God by keeping the boat safe. And let's go fishing. Go fishing down where you work. Take one of these. and said, I have got the most honorary, good-looking preacher you've ever seen. You can lie if you fish. All fishermen lie. It was this big. It grows every time you tell a story, right? Down where you work. Say, so, let, me, let me just give you something to read. And uh, we have a great church. We'd be so honored if you'd just come be with us. Go fishing. Go fishing down to the service station. Any of you ever go to Walmart?
Man, that's a, that's a prime fishing hole. Amen. Walk up to that cash register and say, hey, why don't you read this? She said, I ain't going to take it. You say, well, I ain't leaving until you do. Huh? Some fish are stubborn. Yeah. 